I think one of the things I wanted to ask, you mentioned, but I think it's worth talking about, is you said you pray a lot in tongues. Now, I know exactly what that means, and I know Matt knows exactly what that means, but what about all those people that don't? What do you mean by pray in tongues? When I was filled with the Holy Spirit, I found out or was taught that one of the gifts of the Spirit is speaking in other languages. And I thought, what on earth sort of a, a lunatic asylum have I joined? You know, <laughs> yeah. this kind of thing. Yeah. All these people speaking in the weirdest languages and, and stuff. S and groanings as well, you know. So, but once I'd got over that bit, God gave me a language. And I started to use it very, very haltingly at first but it started to sort of click that this this is his gift to me and i need to use it it's for our edification isn't that right it's somewhere in corinthians <laughs> yes it edifies us it builds us up so tongues edifies us, us and prophecy edifies, edifies God the, and the, the church. church yeah out of this god does pray through through us through our as we open our mouth, speak in our in our in our language, that he he is praying for people. And sometimes when I'm praying for somebody who who um, <coughs> you know when we were doing the transformation prayer team, you hadn't got a clue how to pray, what to pray, where is this person coming from? But you pray in tongues for for them for could be five minutes, and suddenly you get a a strong impression of where you're to go and how and what you're to pray. Yeah. It's this thing of becoming more and more aware of who lives in me, mm. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And you establish that fact, and that's a given. And out of that indwelling of the Trinity comes this ability to speak in a, another language. And it's our language, it's for us. Can I ask a direct question, just a couple of very direct questions. Jack, do you understand your language that God's given you in tongues? No. Have you got better at praying it as time's gone by? Yes. Or perhaps maybe the better is, have you become more natural, feeling it's more natural to oh, do yeah. so? Yes, absolutely. I was just simply going to say how it started for me, speaking in tongues. Um, I remember when I was baptized I was filled with the Holy Spirit and I knew something was going on it felt different and someone said to me okay you can pray in tongues and I said what do you mean and so I was driving to work in the car one day and I said to God okay no one's listening it's just you and me I want to start praying in tongues I said, I'm going to open my mouth and just start talking, and I want to be praying in tongues. And I just started talking, and it just came out like a waterfall of words that sounded just like gibberish. I had no idea what I was saying at all, but it felt great. There was something like a spiritual river flowing out of me, I remember at the time. And it, it felt as though I was doing something really good, but it sounded like nonsense. So that was the early beginnings, really. And then as I sort of started to speak in tongues more, sometimes on a Sunday morning, 
I would just feel it building up in me like a kettle boiling, mm. like a pressure cooker. And some Sundays I feel I just have to speak it out. And sometimes I'm able to give the person at the front some warning. Um, other times I do take the law into my own hands, or I haven't done this for a while now, and just speak out what I feel God's saying. And then there's a pause, and then someone asks for an interpretation. <laughs> so then the interpretation comes. So from my gibberish, powered and fueled by the Holy Spirit, um, an interpretation comes. And there might be several. There might be two or three different interpretations. Um, in my spirit, I know which one is right, which is rather strange. Normally, all th two or three are pretty much spot on. Some are more refined than others because, you know, we do speak and prophesy in part. You've just reminded me of, uh, of something that happened to me a couple of years ago because you, you talk about interpretation of, uh, of tongues. And um, I, I didn't think that I had the gift of interpretation of tongues. Um, in fact, I was adamant that I didn't. Um, but there was there was a time in a church meeting where um, I can't remember who it was. Somebody got up, went up the front and I just knew what this gobbledygook was. I, I knew it. And God told me, you know it. And I said, no, I don't do this. And the next thing I knew, Peter Vincent tapped me on the shoulder <laughs> and said, God's told me that you've got the interpretation. And, and I aud audibly said, oh, no. <laughs> so he gave me the mic and I, I gave the interpretation. And afterwards, I, 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 felt, re I felt really embarrassed. Um, I felt embarrassed because I, I hadn't stepped out. But, but God clearly wanted that interpretation to come through. It was, it was really funny because after that, um, uh, at the end of the meeting, um, as I was leaving... Barbara Bird came up to me and she said, oh, Matt, I'm so glad you gave that interpretation uh, of that of that tongue because um, God told me that you had the interpretation. And I thought there was absolutely no way I was getting out of that meeting <laughs> without God making me do that um, uh, as well. And uh, and it, it's it's funny, isn't it? Just how 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 God speaks to us and just surprises us. I know I've been asking the questions, how do you hear from God? And it is different for everyone. For, for me, it is, God's quite direct with me. It's normally, Matt, do this. Or it's, Matt, stop. In fact, I'm, again, I'm reminded of another uh, another time when, when Steve, you, you got up and gave a word about, it was about traffic cones. And I think God, God teaches us in, in prayer. He, he teaches us actually that he doesn't <laughs> he doesn't need us sometimes to get what he wants across to his people i remember i had the exact picture that you had and and god said go and i said no i don't think this is right and he used you steve to give the same picture and i i, I at first i felt oh i felt devastated i, I was like oh no i've let god down here and God just said, no, you haven't. I've just, I'm just showing you that I speak to you and this is the way I speak to you. And it may seem strange talking about traffic cones and other strange things, other strange words. But still, 
I want to talk to my people. I want to talk to to them corporately and I want to talk to them individually. Yeah, I've had a very similar experience, Matt. Um, I had a picture in, in the meeting once here of um, some buds bursting into bloom and um, it was representing new life and new beginnings and um, it was a beautiful picture of new things coming into bloom with new life. And I thought, mm, what shall I do with that? I think I'll hold on to it. I, I'm not going to go up there. I'm not going to say anything. Anyway, someone else came up to the front and said, I've got this picture of buds opening, of new blooms representing new life. And I thought, blow, that was my one. <laughs> <laughs> so I know exactly how you yeah. feel. So I said, okay, God, next time I'm going to get in there first. So... Does everybody speak in tongues as a Christian? I think everybody who is filled with the Holy Spirit, biblically, has the capacity to speak in tongues. Whether they use it or not is a personal choice. Whether they've been taught to use it or not. Again, not everybody has to speak in tongues. It's not obligatory. But... Um, yeah, I feel that people perhaps have the option if they feel the Holy Spirit. I'm not, I don't want to sound like I'm telling you off, but I don't agree with that. And the reason I don't agree with that is I think everybody has the capacity to speak in tongues, just like everybody has the capacity to do miracles. But not everybody does. And it's not because they don't engage with it. It's because sometimes God doesn't give that gift to people. Scripturally, it doesn't say everybody speaks in tongues anywhere it does there's there's a huge argument amongst the pentecostal churches um in fact the reason that you have elim church uh, derek would be able to give me a better understanding of this but the reason you have the elim church and the assemblies of god church is that they are both actually from the same root of the pentecostal church in essence though, and i don't know which one it is one of them believes that the speaking in tongues is the sign of the holy spirit and the other one believes that it's a sign of the Holy Spirit. And on such things, church splits a bill. So it doesn't matter <laughs> whether somebody speaks in tongues or not, because what matters is their communing, that they're, they're hearing from God. And I think, yeah, so I, I hope that doesn't sound like I'm, I'm disagreeing no, or anything, because that's it's kind fine. of, I think it's such a big thing to talk about. So we talked about tongues, and, and then we, we kind of, morphed into the interpretation of tongues and then we started talking about prophecy which as i understand it is is, is it a form of prayer what would you say about that right that that's a very big question um prophecy is about hearing from god so you can hear from god when you're praying you can hear from god when you ask him out on the street um you can hear from God for direction for the church. It's, it's about God speaking to his people and helping to guide, direct, to strengthen, to edify, to comfort. Um, but at the end of the day, when God speaks to us, it will be for our strengthening, our encouragement, our comfort as per Corinthians. So it's part of 
a lot of aspects of church life in that it percolates through the whole lot. It's not just um, connected with prayer. It's connected with hearing God for direction and hearing God um, for us personally, for the whole church, for individuals, for people who know Jesus, for people who don't know Jesus. It's God's guidance for us. I mean, I, I would say, because I'm really, Stephen and I are both really interested in prophecy and, and how that works. I think it's important to, to note that tongues isn't one of the fivefold ministry. But in the, in the New Testament, there's the fivefold ministry, which is apostles, prophets, uh, evangelists, pastors and teachers. And they are means by which the church is directed and grows and, and strategizes and does all those other lovely modern terms as well. But prophecy is clearly part of God's plan for the church to hear God's voice clearly and my experience of the prophetic I mean with Steve sitting here there have been several times in the last few years that I've known Steve that he's given me words which have just my brain and my prayer life have been so chugged up and confused that I've not been able to hear God's voice clearly and Steve's come up and said in his lovely voice I really think Nigel <laughs> Do I sound like that? No, not really. <laughs> I'm not Michael. I, no, yeah, I'm not a good impressionist. But I, I really, I really feel, Nigel, that God is saying this for you, and it's like, oh, thank you. It's like a big bright light's been shone into my crazy, twirling black brain, and that's really important. I think that's why prophecy is so important. Again, in the same way as tongues, everybody has the potential to prophesy because everyone has the potential to hear from God everyone does hear from God and you don't actually have to be a Christian to hear from God the Bible's full of examples of people hearing from God before they even came to faith and so is church history I, but it's such an important thing so Steve I just want to say Steve thank you for those times you've done that because and there are others in the church who's done that I know Jack's done it as well at once when we did a prayer ministry thing and that was amazing and that's so important so we've talked about hearing from God um, and I'm interested to to ask, are there times when you've prayed and you haven't heard from God? And if so, what did you do? Yeah, it's 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 such a personal thing, isn't it? I mean, because I'd say we've all had unanswered prayer. It kind of is confusing, especially when I was a younger Christian, you know, when there isn't an answer, when that prayer or many or several prayers aren't answered possibly the way we want them to be you know i think i think personally i look back on the way god has provided for me and my children and for my business especially from very very s small beginnings i would say god has answered most of my prayers but there's been some that haven't been answered yet uh, you know my, my two boys aren't believers yet <laughs> so that kind of thing personally i don't think i can pontificate on that subject because it's it's almost each person will have a different story mm. um but but i i know that i've been i suppose around the block uh, long enough <laughs> to know that that god loves me 
and cares for me and provides for me incredibly you know way beyond you know anything I can ask or think sometimes and yet there are some things that are not quite there yet and I don't know why have there been times though when you've prayed and God has given you an answer and the answer has been no golly I can't think of any at the moment but I'm sure there were that's all I can say. Um, I mean, in one sense, I, I'm aware that's a leading question. What about you, Steve? It wasn't a, a blank, no written in, what do you call it, neon lights. <laughs> <laughs> I think um, <clears throat> there have been occasions when I've asked God for something and it's gone a bit quiet at the other end. And uh, I often take that as actually maybe I haven't, I'm not quite asking for the right thing, you know. So I've had that experience, but um, following on what, what Jack was saying, I've had occasions when I've prayed something for somebody and something different to what I've prayed has actually been answered. So there was a guy many years ago who was dying, basically, and I used to go and pray with him. And I was praying that um, he would get over this illness and that he would recover. But he didn't. He did actually pass away. But he gave his life to Jesus before he died. So maybe Jesus thought, this is a much better prayer you should be praying than um, praying for him to stay alive. Although, who am I to, ju to judge that? But it was just um, a different way of the prayer being answered, I guess. I suppose you've um, moved the, the, the topic on... <laughs> probably unwittingly <laughs> but you, you talked about praying for others I've been as we've been talking so far it's kind of been like what, what we've prayed you know for, for us but you, you just mentioned about praying for, for others how do we go about praying for others like I, I know there's there's no formula but is there an etiquette with it do you have to be trained to do it you tell me well as you've said there is no hard and fast way um it could be simply putting your hand on someone's shoulder on a Sunday morning because they're having a hard time and they say can you pray for me and you just pray into the thing that um, they're concerned about and it might take a few seconds it might be something a bit more in depth like Jack was talking about um, about transforming prayer I can remember on one particular occasion I wasn't intending to pray for anybody and God gave me a picture of a rope with a knot in it and I said to God okay I've, I can see the picture what do you want me to do with this picture and he said there's a lady over at the front there I want you to go and pray with her and tell her about your picture so I went over to this lady at the front of the church never seen her before I think she was a visitor to the church and I said excuse me um, I don't know if this is going to mean anything to you but I've got this picture of a piece of rope with a knot in it. Does that mean anything to you? And she said, well, actually, yes, it does, because I've just been diagnosed with a deep vein thrombosis, and I've got this blockage in my, in my leg. I said, well, I think I'm supposed to pray for you. And she said, yeah, I think you are. So I prayed for her. It was just a very short prayer, nothing, nothing dynamic, just took a few seconds and she said thank you very much and I said nice to meet you and walked away anyway on Monday morning I got a phone call from the office manager here and said um, I've just had a phone call from a lady 
who is describing someone that sounds like you who prayed for her on Sunday morning. And she phoned into the office and said, could you tell the person who prayed for me um, that I went to the doctors this morning and that deep vein thrombosis isn't there anymore. So I wasn't intending to pray for anybody, but God had different plans. So that's just an, an example, really. It sounds to me like like you you've, you you can have people request. So people might request for you to pray, but sometimes God's going to direct you to, to specific yes, people. Yes. Um. Uh, again, I suppose really it comes down to having an attitude of obedience. In that, not not just you know we, we talked about pausing, listening, um, uh, for what God says, but but actually stepping out when He tells us to, um, uh, uh, as well. Is, is, is that been your experience, Jack? I think it's just been open and willing coming to, to say to a meeting on a Sunday or something. And if my heart is open and willing, God tends to say that person over there or whatever. You, you get a, a weird picture of somebody being pushed in a wheelbarrow when they were five, you know, by their dad. And what was that all about? You know, but it's it just, as, as Steve just said, it does... It does register with people, and you end up with people in floods of tears because of a childhood memory or something like that. But it's for all of us. It's not just for the special few. But it's if we if if we walk around supermarkets wherever churches uh, on a Sunday with with that heart, Lord, how can I? Who do you want me to bless today? Who do you want? I want to, Lord, I'm yours. Take me, use me. I'm I'm open to it, whatever you've got for me. I mean, I had to overcome years of diabolical shyness to get to this place because I was, you know, I thought I was absolutely useless at anything like this. And, um, you know, it was just one gentleman in the church who said, come on, come with me and watch what I do and pray when you feel ready. And I thought that was just, this was 10, 12 years ago. And it's just, totally changed my life you know I wouldn't have said boo to a goose before then and I just I won't say I saw how easy it was but I just saw how natural and friendly and just you know we have the answers and it's almost crazy not to want to share to give the uh, give it away you know I think it's I think it's worth mentioning as well that it doesn't have to be that scary one of the things that's really important about our life as a church is our house groups and being in house group, not only does it help you build relationships with other people, but my experience of house group, and I know it's not the only experience of house group, but when stuff goes wrong in life and you share group time with people, you get to the point where the first thing you do at your house group is you say, I've got a job interview on Wednesday. Could you guys pray for me, please? And you start to rely on and seek the prayers of others. And I think it's really important to know that we are allowed to ask for prayer and for me as somebody who has discovered how much more introverted I am than I ever imagined asking for prayer I find really really difficult because I think why on earth would anyone want to pray for me oh I've got such a little thing to go on oh you know but the reality is and I know if somebody comes up to me and says Nigel will you pray for me I say of course I'll pray for you so why wouldn't they do that to me? And it's a matter of, it's almost a matter of, you know, when it says treat others as you expect to be treated, it's also um, 
give others the same respect you would give to them because it's a matter of that opportunity. You mentioned something in that which a couple of times which I think is worth just touching on if that's okay, which is transforming prayer. So as a church, we've had a ministry for a number of years which is called Transforming Prayer, which I know is based on the Sozo, for those that do know stuff like this, the Sozo stuff. Jack, could you give us some idea what, because you were involved with Transforming Prayer, weren't you? Yeah, we did it for about eight years, and um, from humble beginnings with with Colin and a few others. It's difficult to describe, but it's 80% Sozo, which is a Bethel church a way of praying it's a model isn't it it's a model exactly for praying for wounded people who need help with their emotions or their past memories sometimes (coughs) it was a very powerful tool how did it work so so i'm assuming in in future we will do transforming Mm. prayer again because it's just such a good tool yeah what was it a person would come come in and we would listen to the holy spirit for three, four minutes, sometimes they would say something. or, But the whole thing was led by the Holy Spirit. Um, it wasn't counseling. It wasn't, you know, prayer ministry in a, in a sense, as, as we would probably typically understand that. We would just see pictures. God would open, unlock doors that, dis, that maybe had been closed for years. And it was just, it was so sort of new and refreshing so different to anything I'd been involved in before as because it was just learning to listen we've said it before to the Holy Spirit and s- just seeing what he did it was just very very refreshing and pe- people always went away blessed one night there was somebody in this room who shall remain nameless uh, was was seeing in technicolor pictures <laughs> And I nodded off halfway through this thing. And when I woke, after about five minutes, this person had, wow, this is fantastic. God, this is amazing. <laughs> and I, was, I, I nodded off right all the way through it. It was... Uh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's, we, I do apologise. If, if, if I might jump on the back of your, your answer so, and just, just give my experience of transformation prayer, yeah. it's uh, just God unlocks stuff. Stuff that has bound you up and you don't even know about it. It's listening to God and partnering in prayer alongside people who who God just wants to free from, from that stuff. Um, and, you know, this could be stuff that's happened to you as an adult or as a teenager or as a child. And God just wants to undo the stuff. Undo A lot of it is, uh, I found, was undoing the lies that, that you believe about yourself. And actually seeing yourself the way that God sees you and allowing God to actually say what he wants to say about yeah. you. Yeah. I'm quite aware that that sounds very impractical. My experience of transforming prayer was very just to be very practical about it is, is I went into a room. There were two people there who were trained in that form of ministry, which basically meant they were trained to shut up and let God speak, which is that fair to say that? Yeah, good. Very, very and fair. Uh, I sat there, they said, what do you want to pray about? I said it. And they said, well, let's just listen to God. And I had pictures and they had pictures and thoughts. And it just somehow just moved around so that God was putting his finger on bits and pieces that needed yeah. dealing with. Yeah. And I came out of the room feeling mm. lighter. 
Mm. Now, it didn't solve all my problems. Mm. And it's not a cure-all. And there are some people who listen to this and will have heard it's a Bethel method, and they will have said, well, I'm not listening to that then. I just want to say to you, brother or sister, Mm. grow up and have a listen and have a read (laughs) it because it is just a method of prayer. But it was really helpful. Mm. And it's a method that works outside Mm. of that context as well. Yeah, Because you don't have to say what do you want prayer about and then just talk at God about it you can listen to God too it's it's dealing with the wounds and lies of our past and it doesn't sound much to those two words but it's as Matt says it's it's a it's a big part of the things that are that weigh us down and keep us from moving on it's not like a broken leg or that heals in two months or something it's it can be like a rucksack we're carrying through life for for years and years and and go you know god has been incredible i think that summarizes it really and sometimes as the team you really didn't know how to pray what to pray and just again praying in tongues just seemed to shift things and break through things that were just holding this wonderful person down and back and uh, you know and very often People, when they've been a Christian for a while, they don't actually need somebody to sit with them and say, well, do you know the things you're thinking are wrong and we should pray into that? What they need is somebody to lead them into a space where God can speak. Because God does speak. When you write down what God has said during the evening and hand it to them at the end, they think, wow, really? (laughs) So we've been talking about um, hearing from Jesus, but... I think one of the, the big important questions is what Jesus said about prayer. So from, from your own experience like, <laughs> and from your own Bible reading, <laughs> what, has, what does Jesus say about prayer? Well, he taught us how to pray and um, he gave us the Lord's Prayer, as we all know. And sometimes I will use the Lord's Prayer to start praying. But I don't normally get much further than hello, be their name, be your name, because it's such an awesome line. How great is our God? How hallowed is his name? But I think also thinking about this in the Bible, Jesus, by his actions, gives us examples how to pray. And one that springs to mind is that he used to go off to lonely places on his own to pray. And I think that's meant to be an example of us as well. One way in which we can pray is to spend personal time with him, just one-to-one. He used to commune with God on those occasions. We can commune with Jesus, Holy Spirit, God. So, yeah, by he used to lead by example as well as by what he said. I think my experience is the same as you, Steve. Like I, I wake up on a, in the morning and that's how I start my, my, my prayer. But you're right. I think that the, the minute you start praising God, and it's interesting we talk about praising God because, and we could start moving and, and start talking about worship and all these other different ways that we can pray. But ultimately, that's what worship is, isn't it? It's it's glorifying God. It's it's hallowed be thy name, hallowed be thy name, hallowed be thy name, again and again and again and again and again. And we're made for that, right? We're we're, we're made to worship. We're yes. we're made to to, to praise God. Is does that mean that, that that prayer is praise? Does that make sense? I think within our prayers there are elements of praise because when we pray, Holy Spirit in us is stirred. 
And once we're stirring the Holy Spirit in us, whether we're praying, whether we're praising, we're in communication with Jesus. And so they all sort of blend into one sometimes, don't they? We can be praising God and praying to him and telling him how wonderful he is. And maybe that's a prayer as well. And we're praising him. What about you guys? What do you think? I find the Lord's Prayer a little less helpful. And the, the major reason is to do with the fact that um, I remember being taught it as a child and I use it. I, I'm a, One of the things I do for a living is a funeral celebrant. And because I'm a Christian funeral celebrant, every service is a Christian service. And the common thing that we hold as Christian denominations, whether somebody's of, you know, free churches or Anglican or whatever, is the Lord's Prayer. So we say the Lord's Prayer. So for me, it has a very formal feel to it. Um, but what's in it, there's a big question, isn't there, about whether it's a prayer you should pray or whether it's a model of prayer as a process of praying. And I don't think it's either or, it's both. I mean, it's, it's fine. But I'm, I think it's really interesting what Steve says about the hallowed be thy name. We haven't talked about the fact that there is an element of prayer which is just telling God what we think. Because God is good. And there is just so much to say. And so much of the Psalms, which are also songs of prayer, are positive and they're talking about the character of God. And this is this is very s- simple. This is how I look at it is that you know one of the th- one of the things that I, th- I think the first thing I pray most days is thank you. I mean that's my Lord's prayer <laughs> in a way. When G- Jesus at the Last Supper, when he when he broke bread and given thanks, you know th- the number of times he gives thanks. And and um, and I think that's for me that that's the Lord's prayer, <laughs> yeah. it in a you know in a in a different form, but it's it's so it's so vital that we we understand where where it's coming from, where the new day has come from, where our you know our sleep has come from, etc. But it's yeah, it's it's. Um, for me, it's no more complicated than that. And it says in the Psalms, God is the giver of life. He's the giver of all things. Some model, some models are helpful, but I think the thing that I've kind of got from this conversation is that actually, you can be you in front of God. You can be completely you. He, he knows us. He made us. He knows what's best for us. You know, he already knows what we need before we even ask him. Yeah, he just delights. For us to to come to him, our Father actually, I think is 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 amazing, isn't it? You know that that yeah. first bit of the Lord's Prayer, our Father. <laughs> I think if you know God as Father, it helps you to understand why, how, and and what to pray. And I think when you come to the end of it all, there are times when I've prayed for people who are dying who I just don't want to see die. And there are times when I've prayed for people who are just going through such bleak times, and there is nothing I can do and there have been times when I've been so bleak there's nothing I can do and ultimately the only thing I can pray is father your will be done your will be done because I can't see what it is and I can't see where I'm at and I can't see how this can be your will but I trust your will be done I think that's worth remembering I just I just finally um for me is 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 again going back to John 7 where it talks about out of our innermost being is f- are flowing rivers plural of living water by this he meant the spirit who hadn't yet been given but you know on a daily basis there's 
there are these rivers flowing out of us. It's not, uh, I don't know if, if I've got the right theology here, but I, b I, b I see it as, you know, rivers of living worship, rivers of prayer, rivers of thanksgiving, rivers of, well, whatever. If you put your own name on there, <laughs> you know, rivers of joy, sh shall we say. And, and, and uh, but it, it's because of who lives in us we can do these things. It's just as we become more aware of who indwells us, then we can we can reach you know depths of of prayer and praise and thanksgiving that we probably wouldn't have thought were possible 5 10 years ago, you know. But it's and it's again it's if you believe in me, out of your innermost being will flow, and that—that's—I—I'm afraid I'm quite simplistic about these things, <laughs> and I need all the help I can get. <laughs> so it's—that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. You got anything to add, Steve? Before we no, I'm, I'm very much with that with Jack, and I think it's a journey. You know, as we, as we become more mature Christians, as we, as we learn to know Him more. Um, then the, the depth of our relationship increases, but then again, it's not—it's not a, a straight gradient. Life has its ups and downs. There are hurdles, there are chasms, there are peaks, there are troughs, and, uh, and but he knows, he, he knows. But he's always got us, and he always leads yeah. us forward. I, I think. There's a couple of things I just want to say to wrap up, if that's okay. First of all, is there's no way we've covered everything. <laughs> there is no way. We are going to have to have more podcasts in the future to cover stuff. But it's been so good to talk to you guys. Thank you so much for your time and for your wisdom and for your experience and your willingness to be uncomfortable enough to share it in this little room. So thank you for that. I think to close, I just want to share a verse and then I want to do something we've never done on the podcast before. The verse is, is the verses at the end of the Philippines 4 passage where it talks about prayer. It says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. And I think there's an element that that is prayer. It's turning our mind to God who is always pure, lovely, right noble, true, admirable because Father God is God and I think that's really important and to close this is a bit weird because we've not done this before, I want to pray and I want to pray for everyone who's listening very simple so is that okay if I pray? Father God thank you for your voice and your time and your care and your love for us and I pray for everyone who's listened to this podcast and also those of us who are in this room Lord would you give us rich prayer lives would you help us to pray well would you help us to get to know your voice and to get to know you and please God answer our prayers and because we're stupid sometimes help us to see the answers that you give us and to know that you are present in all things Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you.